Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Prem Carno, author of Smart Pickleball. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Prem, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. I'm your host, Chris Allen. We are joined this week by legendary pickleball player and coach Deb Harrison. But first, we have to give away this month's prize. Everybody who called the Pickleball Hotline in the month of March and we used your call on the air, you were automatically registered to win the free portable net system from our friends at PickleballPaddlesPlus.com. It's time to notify the winner right now. Let's go up to the land of 10,000 lakes. We're going to Minnesota. Hello. Hi, is Paul there, please? This is he. Hey, Paul. My name is Chris Allen calling from the Pickleball Show podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Well, I wanted to let you know that we were having a contest in the month of March that everybody who called in, you were automatically registered to win the free portable net system from PickleballPaddlesPlus.com, and you are the winner. Hey, hey, fantastic. Can you guys use a brand new portable net system up there? Yeah, we, I, play at a, I play at a local YMCA, and this is quite ironic in that just about two weeks ago, somebody crashed into the net, bent one of the posts and everything else, so they were looking to get a new one sometime, but they didn't know when. Maybe I'll just make a donation to them. Oh, well, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, sounds good. Well, head over to PickleballPaddlesPlus.com, and you can check out the net and see how easy it is to put together and take down. It's really just a great, ingenious design, and I know you guys are going to love it. So thanks for supporting the show, and I hope you enjoy the net. Hey, thank you much. You are quite welcome, Paul, and thank you once again to PickleballPaddlesPlus.com for all your support. All right, from Minnesota, let's head down to the Villages, Florida, and hear from someone I've been looking forward to talking with for a very long time. She puts out some of the best, most informative videos on YouTube, and she runs a highly acclaimed pickleball training camp entitled Intense Pickleball Camp. It's legendary player and coach Deb Harrison. Welcome to the Pickleball Show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Is it okay if I call you Deb? Yeah, that's my name. Uh-huh. I'm not a Debbie. Okay. Well, let me, we don't have enough time in the show to, to give the full list of your accomplishments. Let me try to give a real quick list. Uh, Deb has won 15 gold medals in the Florida State Senior Games over a 10-year period in pickleball. She's gone to the USAP National Tournament. Uh, she's won uh, gold mixed there, silver women's doubles, gold women's singles. She's gone to the Huntsman the past four years, taken home a dozen medals. And she was also voted Pickleball Athlete of the Decade. That's quite a resume there. And that's in Florida, not, not, not just in the oh, state it's of Florida. In, it's just the whole state of Florida, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> You're very modest. But congratulations and uh, uh, tip of the hat to you for your, your continued success. You really know what you're doing out there. 
You know, you know, Chris, and I'm learning all the time. Um, I think it was Tim Nelson said that the the ceiling is never full. You know, mm-hmm. there's always places to go. As we get older, we get smarter, and there's a lot more things. It's a huge chess game, and there are so many parts to the puzzle that you know, if you get one thing, you're going on to a next to just give them a little more variety to your game. You know. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's probably probably over 100 components of the game, and if you master them all, you'll be magnificent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, you came from a ping-pong background? Actually, a tennis background. All right. And uh, when I moved to the villages, I took up um, table tennis, and I do a lot of transference of table tennis to pickleball, but not vice versa. So I've got a lot of terminologies that I use that are table tennis terms that I apply to the pickleball game, and it's just the smaller movement of the paddle, you can get um, more different movements on the ball. Now, I've noticed that a lot of people who either come from a table tennis background or a racquetball background, they really want to use their wrist a lot. Racquetball people, uh, racquetball people tend to use a little more wrist than tennis people. Mm-hmm. Tennis people want to swing the arm. Well, and you, in one of your videos, you demonstrated the elephant arms, which I think of uh, every morning when I'm warming up. Mm-hmm. I think, all right, elephant arms, elephant arms, got to do mm-hmm. it like, like Deb said. When you first started playing pickleball, did you try to put a lot of English and a lot of spin on the ball? No, when I first started playing, uh, when I first started playing pickleball, I started actually before I started playing table tennis. Oh, okay. I was more power, I was a power banger. Mm-hmm. You know, good ground strokes, um, trying to hit the ball hard all the time. It was only 2010 that we went up to nationals in Buckeye mm-hmm. that I was exposed to the third shot drop. So that's been, what, five years five now? Years. Mm-hmm. Coming up and on so time. you try to integrate the softer part into your game. The third shot drop is not the be-all and end-all of the game of pickleball. You've got choices. You've got the third shot drop. You've got the third shot blast. Fifth shot drop. Mm-hmm. You also have the um, the third shot topspin lob. Uh, so there's lots of things you can do, but 80% of the time you're third shot dropping against a good team. Yeah, and you've got a great video on that just uh, that, that uh, illustrates the different options that you do have. Mm-hmm. Is it just, uh, do you want to mix it up just randomly, or are there signals that tell you, well, this is one of those times when I shouldn't just do a third shot drop. This is the time I should do a drive or a blast or a well, if the Well, if the ball is returned short, you have a lot more options than just the third shot drop. Mm-hmm. If it's a short, short return, you can then blast it, poke it, drop it, cut it, in it you can do a lot more stuff with it if it if the ball is short if the ball is really deep you're limited in what you do you can do because mm-hmm. you can't beat your opponent with a, a deep drive so when it's deep your 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 main goal is just getting back up to the line right right and the third shot is the way to get there mm-hmm. is a good way to get there so with a deep ball really that's the uh, the third shot drop is really the only option well, if it's deep and it's, it's hard and you, you hardly get a paddle on it, sometimes just getting the ball back and making them play it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a really offensive uh, return. Right. So sometimes just getting the ball back and not trying to be too fancy with it, trying to do anything with it but getting it back and then, then work your way in. Do the drop on the next shot maybe. Mm-hmm. But getting the ball back is the most important thing on the first thing and then deciding whether you're going to close in, stay back, or close in and, and drop and close, whatever. If you have a good drop, you're closing. 
If you don't have a good drop, you stay back and try to earn it. Now, here's something that I've always wondered about coaching pickleball with a, a kid. They're pretty much a blank slate. A lot of times you can just, you know, teach them the good habits and and go from there. But uh, in a pickleball, a lot of times you're, you're coaching people that have already, they're coming from other sports. And I wonder how much time do you spend teaching good habits and then how much time do you spend kind of breaking and and unlearning bad habits or habits that don't apply to pickleball? It depends. It depends. If, if someone is a, a stark beginner, I will pick the most important parts of the basic game of pickleball mm-hmm. and get them down like the footwork for a dink, like the return of serve, like the volley, like the punch volley, like the, the swing volley. So we'll do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. For the more experienced person who is okay with all of that, now we start inter- introducing speed, racket speed, spins, the more intricate shots. If somebody comes to you and says, uh, I used to play a lot of tennis, do you kind of already automatically know, well, I'm going to have to work on this, I'm going to have to get them to unlearn that? The only thing that I've ever seen with a tennis player to unlearn is the cross step in the the non-volley zone area. Mm -hmm. Tennis players have been taught from the early age to cross over. And you're strictly sidestep all the way. Sidestep, yep. Because mm-hmm. my, my rationale is that you always want to be facing your opponent and facing the ball. In case they get it, you want to be square to them so you can volley. Mm-hmm. If you turn sideways, you're not square to the oncoming ball. That's the only reason for a horizontal, so you can move left, right, back, forward, with a little bit more mobility mm-hmm. and staying square to your opponent. Now, we had the good fortune of talking with Coach Mo uh, just a few weeks ago. He also says that the sidestep is the way to go. But he says as you as you get a little bit older and maybe you're not as uh, quick on your feet as you once were, he said every now and then you can you know get a little cross step in there. Just take one foot in. If you need to reach in the kitchen, you can just get one foot in the kitchen, not two of them, and get that ball back up and then get that foot out real quick. Well, that's not really a cross step. That's a forward step. Um, and for a a short person like myself, sometimes I have to step forward with the, with the lead foot in order to get that ball that's close to the net and then get back out. Mm -hmm. But I don't call that a cross step. That's a forward step. You can also do a drop step with uh, the outside foot. If it's a little deeper than you, you have options. You can take it on the long hop, the short hop, you can take it in the air or if the ball happens to get a little bit behind you, you can drop step and take it a little bit later. And if you have a choice, you might want to take it in the air if you have a choice because mm-hmm. it gives your opponent less time to do set up if you take the ball early. Mm-hmm. If, you let, if you start letting the ball bounce, people have more time to close in and get set up. Yeah, you demonstrated a, a new video that you came out with recently, uh, the Scott shot, which I thought was a, a very deceptive shot. It's a little backhand flick. Mm-hmm. It's, it works from the hip and you just Flick the ball over with your wrist. It's a wrist shot. Mm -hmm. And I named it after a fellow by the name of Dick Scott. And oftentimes my workbook has certain people's names in the book who I name after people I see do it. They own it. Uh They do it and they do it again. And I say, well, that is his shot or her shot. Mm -hmm. Jennifer LaCour has a forehand swing volley that I named after her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brian Staub has the Brian Staub brush topspin. Attack stroke from a dink. Mm-hmm. That's the stob shot. And the Scott shot is the backhand flick. Uh, the crispy shot, named after Jeff Crispin, is a backhand 
um, more of a fuller swing than the, the flick with the backhand, but it's a, uh, it's a backhand swing and snap with the, the backhand. So that's the crispy shot I named after Jeff Crisman. Now, are, are people trying to uh, invent shots so that, that uh, you can name them after them? Like uh, people, when they try to get a sandwich named after them at yeah, a deli well, in New York? Some people hit it out, the co- out of the court and they say, that's my shot. <laughs> <laughs> hit it in the net. Well, that's my shot. You want to name that after me? <laughs> now, you're a legendary player and coach at the Villages. Coach Mo is also a coach at the Villages. Do you guys... Uh, you have any areas where maybe you you disagree a little bit and you've maybe decided, well, we're just going to agree to disagree on that? Any differences of opinion? Every teacher is different, Chris. Every teacher is different and have their own beliefs. It's my belief, and I think I differ with Coach Mo in this, is his belief is get the serve in. Mm-hmm. My belief is if you have the ball in your hand and can treat it like a weapon, why not do it? And if you have some good serves that you can mess your opponent up a little bit, go ahead and try. Mm -hmm. Depth, spin, rather than just getting it back or getting it in play, having a weapon in your hand is better than not at all. And I'd rather sacrifice a few points, winning a lot of points off a good serve than, by the way, if I miss a serve, I tell my opponent, serve is in. The next one, I'll be back off a little bit. So Mm -hmm. you want to be consistent, but you want to show them some weapons that you might have. The other thing we may disagree on is um, the uh, the cross step in the non-volley zone area. You know, leading across that uh, the body with the left or right foot, mm-hmm. trying to take a ball. So I've felt that way about the serve, just because uh, we've talked about it before on the show, and I believe that uh, Jeff Shank mentioned on his blog. Uh, which is pickleballstars.blogpost.com. He talks about how the uh, receive team uh, actually wins about 60% of the points because they, you know, one one member of the receive team is already in position at the non-volley zone. The other member is going to be there right after they return the serve. Mm-hmm. And so they're in a position to win. So I always felt that way too, that uh, if I've got the ball in my hand and I'm serving, I've got to try to do something to maybe, you know, even that playing field a little bit. And I have about uh, five serves that I teach. I, I, and I'll describe them for me. One is a nose leading with the, the nose of the paddle leading that puts a right to left spin on the ball. Mm-hmm. I have an inside out twist, which makes the ball move left to right. You've got the lob serve, which gets people have fits with if you have a good lob serve because it's hitting on the baseline and it has no power of its own. So some people don't like that and have to put all the power in them themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you have some cut drop serves, which are uh, short serves. If you back them up, then you can throw in a little drop shot, into, and they're running forward to try to get it. Risky, but sometimes worth it. And if I find one serve is move, working better than, if I see them lined up more to the forehand side, I might try to spin it to the inside, um, backhand side. If I see they're overplaying one side, I might try to move it to the other to get them a little off balance. Um, same with return of serve. There's not only one way to return serve. You can um, you can underspin. You can topspin. You can, um, most important is the depth of your return. Keep it deep. Keep it deep. And also, not so much pace as depth and uh, kind of slow. It gives you more time to get up to net if you keep it a slow deep. Mm-hmm. If you blast it, then you're only getting halfway in before they're touching the ball and you might get caught in no man's land. And then you have to split step. Yeah. And you have to uh, wait until the next shot before you can get up to the line. 
So sometimes a softer, deeper return is much more important than a hard blast. Uh, speaking of split stepping, uh, is there what's a good technique just to, to train yourself to do the split step? One of my big problems is I'm always wanting to hit on the run. I always think I can get away with it with just for just this one point, and the next point I'll, I swear I'll split step. But you know, the next point comes around, and oh no, I think I'm going to try to get away with it again, and uh, it just turns into the whole game that way. If you look at the real top-notch players, they always look like they're in full control of their body. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is being uh, anticipating. And so the split step, if you stop right before they make contact, get in the habit of stopping right before they make contact, wherever you are. You don't have to get to the line, but stop. Then you can adjust everything that you do from that position. So the timing of your stop is right before they administer any shot of their choice. Not, not after, not as they're hitting. But mm-hmm. before, and air on the side of being well in before, rather than be moving so fast to get that three or four more feet that you're moving, hitting the ball. You're not going to be able to go forward. You're not going to be able to go back. You're not be going to be able to go right and left if you're not split step. I've heard some people say to to kind of sit and you know whisper the word hit, you know, as they're making contact with the ball. If you keep saying the word hit over and over again, sometimes that will condition your brain to go ahead and stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then and as it's the, not even the word hit. It's before the hit. Before the hit. That's before interesting. Before the hit. So the ball's on its way at the hit. So it's before the hit so that you're in position as the ball's on the way. Because you see, as they hit it, you can, you can see the blade. You can see the direction it's going. You can see the, the, the preparation for the hit. Their body position, their shoulders, their hips, you can see where the ball is, is aligned to go just by what they're telling you if you stop and look. So get a diagnosis by, in a stop position, where they're all lined up to go. And they may have more tendency. They may have some tendencies that they've given away to you that they say they always go here if the ball is there. Mm-hmm. So you can get a jump anticipating the shot that's coming. One thing I'm anticipating is learning even more from you in next week's episode. Deb has agreed to talk with us again next week and share even more tips, tricks, strategies, and techniques with us. And between now and then, if you want to watch her great videos and learn more about Deb's intense pickleball camp, just go to picklepongdeb.com. That's picklepongdeb.com. Tournament update after this. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. It's the Pickleball Show and your host, Chris Allen. There's one man who has his finger on the pulse of the tournament scene. It's Greg Thompson from PickleballTournaments.com. How's that tournament scene looking this week, Greg? Oh, tournament scene is hot and heavy. We are mid-tournament season. There are tournaments all across the country. Uh, Today we will start with the USAPA West Regional Tournament, which is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, It's at the Darling Tennis Facility, which is a lovely complex. They actually have a 
stadium seating for the medal matches, so that'll be great. Those tournament dates are May 8th through the 10th. Um, registration started on that on uh, February 1st, but you have it through April 24th to go ahead and register for that tournament. I highly suggest you do that. And uh, the tournament directors out there are Chris Thomas and my pickleball girlfriend, Sally Dobson. What a lovely lady. So that's going to be a great tournament. Lots of fun. Encourage you to come out for that. Sounds good. All right. Also, let's move over. I don't get a swoosh. Oh, well, you, when you say the area of the country, then we swoosh you over there. Oh, I get swooshed then. All right, I tried to pre-swoosh. All right, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going over to the Midwest now to the Greater, thank you, Greater Terre Haute uh, Skill Level Tournament that is in Terre Haute, I believe is how you pronounce it. Terre Haute, uh, Indiana, yep. Middle Bank Park. Thanks. Sometimes I will butcher a name or two. So, <laughs> and that again is in the Midwest, Terre Haute, Indiana, Middle Bank Park. Friday, May 15th through Sunday, May 17th. Tournament director is Deli Stinnett. If Deli. you guys don't. Yeah, I was going to say. Time out, baby. Time Deli. out. <laughs> Deli alone is a reason to go to that tournament. Oh, I know. That's Even why I had to play. use him in the beginning of the of the show. It's like any guy that can get a crowd pumped up for a timeout, you know, he deserves some recognition. That guy's great. <laughs> He's awesome. Such a cool guy. Great player, too. And I was going to say, even though you might have missed registration, you should go to that tournament just to watch Delhi. He'll entertain you. Like I said, he gets you pumped up for a timeout. That kid is awesome. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> I love Delhi. We're going up to Washington in Centralia, Washington. The Pacific Northwest Pickleball Classic it is at the Northwest Sports Hub from May 15th to May 17th. Uh, registration for that started January 24th and is still open through this month, April 18th. Uh, I believe that is also a cash tournament. So if you win one of the open divisions, you'll get some money in that. That's being put on by Ken and Miyok Lee. Great people. Had an opportunity to meet them down here um, at the Grand Canyon Games. Great people, great players, great for the sport. Sounds good, Greg. We appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Boy, lots of good tournaments going on right now. Be sure and pick your favorites and best of luck to you in whatever tournaments you choose to play in. Thank you once again to Deb Harrison for joining us from the Villages, Florida. Deb is at picklepongdeb.com. That's picklepongdeb.com. Check out all the great videos that she's done and also find out more information on her intense pickleball camp. Once again, thank you to PickleballPaddlesPlus.com. They supplied the free portable net system to our lucky winner up in Minnesota. Paul, I hope you enjoy that, and thank you for calling in and supporting the show. You can call anytime, too. We would love to hear from you. That's one 855 PB-SHOW. It's a toll-free number, and it's open 24-7. That's 1-8-triple-five-PB-SHOW. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. 
freepbxclub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.